0: Baptist 21 is a pastor-led voice for Southern Baptists in the 21st century. The B21 podcast will discuss current issues in the SBC with Southern Baptist church leaders. To check out more resources, visit us at Baptist21.com.
1: Welcome to the Baptist 21 podcast, where we have conversations about what it means to be Baptist in the 21st century. I'm Nate Aiken, your host, and I have with me uh, this week, Josh Powell, a uh, leader in B21, and also uh, John Aiken, a founder of Babbitts 21, back on the podcast. Um, we are going to address uh, a recap of SBC 2023. Next week, we'll probably post our panel uh, from the convention. And then I think we're planning on uh, tucking away SBC 2023 and taking a deep breath uh, and, and moving on. So, guys, thanks for being on uh, the podcast.
0: Glad to be here.
1: All right. Well, I'm going to just start with a general question and then we'll move to kind of specifics along the way. I'll I'll add in thoughts uh, as needed, but Josh, maybe I'll, I'll start with you. How are you recovering from getting back from New Orleans?
0: Yeah, man, I guess uh, it, it feels like it's it's not the same as it used to be in some sense. You know, used to, you go to the convention, it would be over, everybody relaxed, go on vacation and everything would be good. So, uh, it doesn't feel that way anymore. My family drove this time, so it was nine hours. Uh, we drove back, had some stuff to do, and it seems like uh, the conversation was not ended, it did not get tied up in any way, and it just keeps on continuing. So in some sense, you know, uh, you feel like it's still going and, and yeah. it's dealing with the repercussions of what went on at the convention. And I guess the tiring thing for me, guys, is just the idea that I still feel like, and maybe I'm the one that's wrong, I still feel like a lot of people don't understand everything that happened and everything that went on. And so just trying to uh, figure out how to handle that, when to check out, yeah. what to do, it can get exhausting sometimes, but, uh, but I had a great time in New Orleans, had a great time seeing friends, uh, and uh, just really thankful for us as a convention, even through some yeah. of our struggles. Yeah, it's good. John?
1: yeah so i it's both and like i'm one was encouraged by what happened i uh, was glad to get home you know ready to kind of move move forward but was encouraged by a lot of what happened uh and am and i'm discouraged by the, uh, what i just see is kind of some of the fear-mongering of that you know what's come out of it uh, one of the phrases that i keep hearing used um is the unintended consequences of what happened uh, in the room and some of that is just like a lot of those unintended consequences are not actual verifiable (laughs) facts types things that we can that we can point to but just like feelings and again people like starting to kind of freak out and like what does this mean about this and this and this and it's like man I was when I was in the room it was like I felt like the messenger's did a good job of like trying to call balls and strikes and saying, yeah, that we're going to be for this. We're not going to be for this. We're going to go after this. We're not going to go after this. We're going to take our time and figure some of these things out. And, uh, and so I, I kind of trust that to happen. And so I think everybody needs to, does need to take just like a deep breath. Yeah. Other than uh, having a disaster uh, of a time getting home, uh, thanks to American airlines and a flight being canceled after midnight on the runway. Uh, I am uh, rested, but i'm I'm in the same way i left I left you know generally encouraged by all that I saw. um and and even just that, we talked about this on the preview podcast. The idea that generally Southern Baptists you know are able to 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 make the right decisions, even though sometimes there's delay and there is complications. I, I just I feel great confidence in the messengers I left there. Uh, not just feeling good confidence in the messengers as pertains to business, but just in all the conversations you have in the hallway and all the faithful ministry that's taking place. uh, We always want to highlight that. That's what encourages me the most is just the personal conversations about how uh, Southern Baptists are about the the most important things, building healthy churches, sending missionaries to the ends of the earth. I I just, I left there encouraged um, and trusting that, Hey, There are going to be some things in this that are complicated. It's going to take us some time to figure them out, but we will figure them out and and the Lord's sovereign uh, over all that. Uh, And so I kind of left there encouraged. Well, let's, let's just maybe walk our way chronologically through maybe some of the the bigger decisions that took place. Um, I mean, first we had our B21 panel. I'll just say, I mean, I led the panel. So it's harder when you're leading a panel to know kind of what's the general feel in the room. But I left that at least encouraged by a lot of unity on that panel, but also even just disagreement in a way that was charitable. Uh, Again, we'll post that next week, but you guys have any thoughts on kind of just the Baptist 21 lunch panel before we move on to the business of Tuesday afternoon.
0: I'll go, I'll go first. Yeah. I think the, just like always the Baptist 21 lunch panel, it was a highlight of the, of the time. This time was a, a great time. We heard some, some new information we found out there that Jared Stevens would be would be uh, nominating Bart. He did a fantastic job uh laying out the position of the the task force, uh sexual abuse implementation uh reform task force, and it did a great job handling that. I felt like you had we had Juan on the panel and he had his he had his motion or amendment to the Mike Law amendment that was that was coming, and I felt like uh Juan explained himself well so we can understand where he was coming from. Then, of course, you had uh, Dr. Aiken, Dr. Moeller, and J.D. all offering up their ideas. And and not those those guys are not coming from the same place uh, on some of these issues, especially philosophically. While they may agree 99% of the time on it theologically, how they get to it philosophically, was not necessarily the same place, and it was just good to hear them speak through, walk through, kind of encourage through those things. So just on the just on the surface, uh, that 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 Baptist twenty one panel has always been helpful in understanding the main issues and and where to where to go and what to do. I felt like uh, one of the highlights for that for me was was Dr. Mueller kind of explaining that that, that idea of why he was voting for Bart. Um, I thought that was a a great position there of what it means to be a conservative, that being a conservative means you, you protect in some sense, the institution itself. And so you're trying to trying to see that there's no reason for us to veer from what we have traditionally done when there's no major drama or problem. And, and then uh, JD coming back and I think he did a great job of speaking to uh, the value that we have in our, our ladies, in our convention, especially in light of some of the decisions we're making and following the wake, of all that saddleback brought over the last year and i think in my opinion that's that was the biggest thing is saddleback's move in june of 2022 has brought a wave of things to the sbc that this year we were dealing with that wave and so yeah. i just felt like that panel was a great panel again of just kind of dealing with the issues in a healthy way and understanding where we're at
1: yeah, we'll want to get to that in a second. Uh, um, we'll talk about the Saddleback Appeal. But it is interesting the way you use Tidal Wave. In some sense, you know, Ben talked about this on a podcast with me months ago, where you, in the past, many of these churches would self-select themselves out of the SBC. Uh, and and even we, Moeller brought up at a different event that this was historic. We've never had a church appeal from the floor. Uh, and so we had to deal with it. So in many ways, what was sad to me about Saddleback is certainly that they have deviated from what we think is biblical truth, but at the same time, they didn't just want to deviate from it. They wanted us all to change with them uh, and to be accepting of them in that. And I think that was, you know, obviously that was discouraging and it has brought a lot of conversation. Now I think we're be better because of that conversation in the long haul. Uh, but it did, it is bringing some, some upset, at least uh, for the time being, John, you guys, Carson Newman, um, sponsored the B21 panel um, where you currently are at and, serving faithfully but w- any thoughts about the panel so so one let me just say like monday tuesday for me a, a lot of what is the best about us as we're talking about chronologically the sin lunch is always fantastic kevin is going to make you laugh he's going to make you cry um and he's just going to show you like this is this is why we cooperate this is what we're doing the the imb dinner that night um and so those things are amazing and then but in order for us to cooperate and do mission there's some conversations we need to have and there's some Decisions that need to be made, and I, what I love about Baptist 21 and um, and the the panel specifically outside of the Chick Fil A sandwich was fantastic this year. Um, is that you just you're not running away from the questions that everybody's asking, and instead of us dealing with that and that dialogue only at the level of the a lot of the cesspool of what is social media you actually get people in a room and are able to have a, a much longer discussion, more long, long form conversation. And so I was, it's helpful because you have on that that panel guys who all affirm the Baptist faith and message. They, they, they don't back up from it at all. But what does it look like to cooperate? And what what are the most prudent decisions to help us move forward on some of these areas that are that are complicated? It's helpful to have, you know, a give and take conversation from gracious brothers who love each other. And so mm. uh, I just thought that, that was I thought that was really helpful. And that's why um, that's why I'm encouraged about the SBC is because, you know, we, we do need to convene. We need to get into a room. We need to have conversations uh, and make decisions that matter. And that's what Christians have been doing. I mean, throughout the centuries is is as these things rise, as they come up, like the Saddleback thing uh, back in 2022, then it means you got to update some things or make some decisions and, and have some conversations. And so I I just find all of that helpful because I came out thinking we, we landed at the right place. Mm, it's good. Y'all both mentioned, uh, and Josh in particular, mentioned uh, Moeller's thoughts on the SBC presidential election. Anything that stood out? Uh, About Bart's um, kind of again going to be the SBC president defeating Mike Stone. Uh, Josh will come to you and then John to
0: you. Yeah, I think it went. I mean, uh, you know, some people had different ideas or different opinions, but I think it went the way it should go in some sense. I mean, uh, no offense to Stone or anybody else, but but it just has been the case that we have um, given a second year to our presidents. uh, If there's no controversy or anything and so bart has not you know has has done a a great job he has not let us in any controversy he's been faithful in his position and so the the messengers showed that in a pretty overwhelming victory for him one of the most overwhelming i think in recent times uh victory for him so i think the messengers just said this is the way we do things this is what's expected and we may have it again in 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 2 years i mean this coming year in indianapolis will be a, an off year so we'll see a lot of candidates like we've seen in the past i'm pretty sure but i don't know if we'll see again another candidate challenge in the second year like we had this year without any controversy without any other thing because i think the the messengers just kind of said this is the way it's going to be with their with their statement
1: yeah I think it was uh, tied with or close to the the largest margin in a contested election that we've had in the last twenty years or so. Um John, thoughts on on the election? yeah, and the the margin of victory, I think there's there's it's probably complex you know reasons for why that was the case. I think one is that Bart was an incumbent. He hadn't done, you know, hadn't led in any kind of controversial way and and has been doing a, a good job. And so I think the incumbency helped. I think the fact that you historically uh, having a candidate run who had not given anything to the cooperative program the year before um, makes a big difference. I mean, it's like yeah. I'm not trying to be unkind, but it's like if if your strategy for for playing ball is either you let me play the way I want to play or I'm going to take my ball and go home. That's that's not necessarily a good strategy for playing ball together. And so yeah. um, and then, you know, the 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 the, the lawsuit um that he had he had tried to bring and then and then had um, stopped. But all of that I think explains why that, that margin was was so large. And I'm and I'm thankful that Bart's gonna have another year to try to um you know to try to lead and to try to help us think through some of these difficult issues. Thankful for him as a brother. I mean both one of the things I loved about both candidates is just how long they've been at one church um, as shepherds and that's that's an amazing thing. And so I mean Bart's been such a, a faithful Pastor, and um, you know, is a guy uh, I believe of integrity who calls walls and strikes, and so praying for him and thankful he has another year to lead us. That's because I and I'm the same boat. I, I think, um, you, you know, Bart's gonna he's leading in a complicated time, but I think Bart is a good man. Um, and I've been thankful for for Bart's leadership, thankful he'll be leading us again. Uh, let's move from there. We've already made mention of it, obviously, but to the Saddleback and Fern Creek removal, um, I can't remember. The exact numbers, but it was close to an 89% to uphold removing uh, Saddleback. I can't remember if Fern Creek was more or less, but it was close to some degree. If, if any of y'all remember, you know, uh, bring that up. But both of them were significantly, the, the, their removal was significantly upheld by the messengers during the whole thing. John, I'll come to you first, but during the whole um, debate and then obviously the vote, just kind of how were you processing everything? well i think it shows i think it showed who we are as a convention i think that um this the concern that we're drifting into liberalism was unfounded um it was it was you know the margin is very clear that southern madness are not unclear where they stand on this issue and um and so i thought you know, Doctor Mueller speaking to it from the floor. You know, didn't try to do any personality attacks or anything like that. Was just trying to deal with the issues of cooperation. And it's like you know, with Saddleback or you know, whoever. I Man, I praise God for every wonderful thing that God has done in and through Saddleback and through Rick Warren's ministry. Uh, prayed nothing but good things for them in the future. But they're just, as Dad said on the Battle Between One podcast, you know, we didn't leave Saddleback. Saddleback left us, and so. And, and that's fine. There's all kinds of churches that I love and and respect and want God to do incredible things through them. But but I wouldn't do it like them, and I wouldn't necessarily co- cooperate with them. Okay. And so so I think it was it was clear where the convention stands. What what I think this whole process showed is we're not going to be hardcore fundamentalists in the Southern Baptist Convention, and we're not going to be egalitarians or, or liberals. Okay. And so we're able we're able to avoid those two two areas. And what was hilarious to show that that's really the case is the way different news organizations framed what happened at the convention. And so you had the progressives yeah. saying like headlines like "The Southern Baptist Convention silenced women," and then you had um, you had like conservatives who were like, "This task force is going to try to like Trojan horse end egalitarians as." you know, having female pastors in the SBC. And it's like, no, that's not, clearly that's not what's happening at all. And so I was, you know, even though it's it's always heartbreaking to disfellowship with somebody or with the church, um, you know, I, I was encouraged by what happened in the room.
0: Mm. JP? Yeah, uh, same. I, I I was encouraged in the sense that I think we spoke clearly, just like you said, calling balls and strikes. Here's who we are, here's who we're not. Um, I do think Dr. Muller did a fine job of, of of not making it personal, just making it about the fact that this is, this is what cooperation means for us is what it's always meant for us. Um, I want to just say though, that Tuesday afternoon was painful, man. I mean, it was yeah. over, it was an hour of, of just painful. simply hearing appeals, hearing them and then, and then countering and just dealing with that. I just, man, I don't want to do that anymore. I don't know about you yeah. guys, but. <laughs> Man, I don't want to – so so I know uh, John mentioned it, and I don't know if this is where we're going next, Nate, but just the idea of that task force that did come up is trying to figure out this process and help having this process work in an efficient manner so that every single year we're not doing what we did this year on Tuesday afternoon of just hearing these appeals, voting people out. Um, I understand why BART uh, – and I think I think I understand the sense of it, why Bart wanted a ballot vote. I mean, none of us even came close to thinking it was going to be close. Uh, but I think for, like you said, John, the, the, maybe the media, maybe others, maybe some clarity on this. We wanted to to be clear of where we were. So to have the ballot votes, I mean, it just stretched out a long time and it was a painful afternoon. Um, so I think we, we ended where we knew we were. Um, and, and even on the Freedom Church with the sexual abuse one, that we ended where we knew we were, where we stand against these things. Uh, but, it, man, it was hard. It was really hard. And uh, I, I was thankful for the messengers. I was thankful for Bart for his his statement at the beginning. We do not celebrate divorce. And uh, and I think the messengers listened. I mean, I've never been in the SBC where an announcement of any vote has is was issued and nobody clapped, nobody cheered, nobody celebrated because it was not something to celebrate. So uh, we did the right thing. It was painful. I hope we can find a better way to handle those things moving forward. Just a couple
1: comments and I, I will come back to a few things that, that were brought up. But I mean, I, and John, you talked about this. I mean, it, it, it seems very clear that there has been no slide or drift. The, the Southern Baptist Convention is a conservative Baptist Convention, uh, and I, and then, but I also think the the SBC is a group of people who are generally goodwill and happy type people. I, I think even just mentioning the the ballot votes and everything, just the fatigue of how so often things are being challenged from the floor, and even just the yelling and and things like that. Sometimes it's necessary, <laughs> it's the microphone situation, but. <laughs> Just the way that some are just chipping away all the time. I just think Southern Baptists are tired of it and fatigued by it. And so again, I think again, conservative generally people of goodwill. Um, and so I think we saw that play out again. Significant uh, victory for for Bart. Significant every complementarian issue that was brought to the fore. The messengers spoke clearly to to those things. So things to be encouraged about. Me part of that is because. It doesn't just represent a shift on women in ministry for almost every denomination that's made that shift. It's eventually meant shift on other things as well. Uh, Things, again, that the Bible is also clear about. And so just it is a stand on the Bible. Um, But at the same time, uh, there was a a wonderful resolution that was put out about the value of women in the Great Commission, uh, as opposed to some of the things that Ricky had said. Uh, and I think people should read that resolution uh, and that be, should be kind of used to, to teach and to equip in the life of our churches. Uh, it was a really, really helpful one on, on women in the Great Commission. You can look that up. I think it was resolution, resolution four or five, somewhere right in there. Um, there's, a, there's a resolution, resolution five. There, so there's a lot that can be said there. Obviously, there's uh, concern. The fear mongering about this issue is taking place now from both sides. People saying, you know, it's going to be a witch hunt. We're going to kick out all these churches. Uh, and now you got, ironically, people who were on the other side against removing Rick Warren are the ones already saying that they're the ones putting people before the Credentials Committee, and so th- this is where I want to say, everybody, take a deep breath. Uh, I do think um, that that we're going to get this right. I do think it's going to take some time and some complication, and we're going to show goodwill and grace as as we kind of move along. So I do want to then talk about two things y'all brought up. One. Uh, you know, you had this this task force that was uh, a motion that came from, from Dr. James Merritt, a former SBC president. Um, what are y'all's thoughts on the task force uh, and just kind of how that's going to help us think through all these issues that seem to be complicated on social media right now? Um, I I think that, so one, I voted for it. I thought it was a good idea. And I know people want to you know, label you one way or the other if you're for the task force. But I, I I also voted for all of the, uh, you know, complementarian on all the votes that we had. Um, and so here's why a couple of reasons that I would say I was I was for it. One, in the nine marks at nine event on Tuesday night that you and dad, Dr. Moeller, one uh, HB were on uh, Dever and then Jonathan Lehman was was um, moderating it. When Article three, one came up, I think the word ambiguous was used 37 times. I didn't exactly count it, but it was something like I mean, over and over, ambiguous. And Mueller's thing is in, intentionally ambiguous, and, and 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 ambiguous, ambiguous, and so it's like we can't we can't put the credentials committee, which I was on the committee on nominations. It's difficult to find people to want to serve on that committee, and then the people who are like rapidly wanting to be on that committee, I don't think we want to be on that committee. Okay, and so um, I don't know if that makes people mad, you know, whatever, but. Um, we can't we cannot have a, a place in the SBC where you have you have vol- lay volunteers who are serving on the credentials committee who are having to s- speak to theological issues with with people like Dr. Mueller from the floor because they've not been given clarity on what they're supposed to be doing and what it means to be in friendly cooperation and to closely identify. OK, and so I think that's why I think we need. This task force, and hopefully good people to be on it, um, to get the right people in a room to talk through what does cooperation look like, clearly complementarian cooperation, but it also raises all kinds of other issues. Again, uh, people are saying, well, nobody wants to kick out the churches that are doing open communion, okay? That may be so right now. Does, Does the law amendment weaponize the Baptist faith and message for the credentials committee? If so, that probably needs to be made clear to them. Um, Are we going to spend time, you know, like we, we said, dealing with how many of our churches this is an issue with? It took an hour or whatever to deal with three. I'm not saying we shouldn't take the time to deal with it, but do we also not use this as an opportunity to go to churches that may either be uninformed or sloppy in their theology or in their naming and just work with them and say, hey, here's what it means to be in close identification with the Baptist faith message and with who we are as Southern Baptists. And so for, for all of those reasons, I I was, I think it's a good thing. I think it's a helpful thing. I don't think it's ever wrong to have more discussion and to get, to have more wisdom on a topic instead of less. Well put. That's well put. JP? Uh,
0: same thing. I believe that we have seen, and I've said this many times. I mean, you look at the book of Acts, you look at throughout our history. Partnership is hard and working together is difficult. And there's going to be things that come up that are always working, like whether it's strategy, whether it's personality, whatever the case may be, there are going to be things we have to constantly work with and deal with to continue to unite together for the sake of the Great Commission. I mean, again, it's it's in the scriptures themselves. So I think that this is just part of it. Uh, In 2015, we made uh, a change to our constitution to help do this, uh, that we thought at the time was going to work and maybe be clarifying. What we've seen is that that wasn't as clarifying as we thought it was going to be. And so we've continued to add things to it in 3-1. And so we have to continually work and rearrange things. This is not, shouldn't be surprising to us. It shouldn't be difficult. I voted for the task force. Um, because I do think we constantly have to look at these things to how better how we can better work together um for mission and doctrine. You know what I'm saying? So so those things have to work together. And so I think that this task force could be right. I'm praying for Bart uh, as he appoints his task force. I'm praying for those that are using it because I think it is important for us moving forward to continue this process of what it means to unite together. And I agree with John completely like we 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 are not a traditional denomination as many people uh, understand a denomination and so to have a credentials committee that's kind of has so much power over so many things there it just makes me uncomfortable and so how can we best equip them i feel like you know you guys know i serve as a trustee on one of our institutions at Southern Seminary we've done a good job our our, our institutions have done a good job of giving the trustees uh, the the guardrails by which they operate. And then the trustees give the institution and the leadership the guardrails by which they operate. And so I feel like we've done a good job with that. We haven't done that for the credentials committee. We've tried to build this thing as they go. And I think they're just guessing. <laughs> I don't mean that bad. I think there's some things where they go, I don't know which way to go and what to do. And so we need to be clear on here's what we expect you to do. Here's what we want you to come out with. Here's what we think Uh, needs to happen and set those guardrails up and that allows clarity moving forward. So I'm all for it.
1: Yeah. Clear, clear fences will, will make for good cooperation. Um, And so I think, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing negative there. I'll just a couple of points of clarification, just uh, may have assumed this when I asked the question. So this was a um, res- this was a, a motion to appoint a task force to look at Article Three, one. What is closely identified means give marching orders to the Credentials Committee. That will be appointed by the president. So that will be appointed by Bart mm-hmm. Barber. Uh, I don't know when he'll do that. Um, obviously, Bart's had a lot he's had going on, and so he will appoint this task force. Uh, and then for anybody that's concerned about it, like any rec- we don't just assume and and receive any recommendation they bring. This will be. All these recommendations will be brought to the floor, and and I think we can again, as I've said often, trust the messengers uh, of the uh, convention to 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 do what's best and prudent. Uh, and and so hopefully uh, this will just give more clarity. And in a in an era of like distrust, suspicion, all those things, uh, as you, as you guys have said, clarity is never clarity is never a ne- negative thing. And so ambiguity can create some. Uh, some issues. So bringing clarity is is, is probably a good move. Um, Again, we'll be praying for
0: wisdom for partners. He picks the the people to be on that. Let me say too, Nate, I know we've heard many things about people talking about another task force, another task force. Let's be honest. We can't decide. It's not easy to decide these things with 12,000 people on a floor in two days. We've seen that it's hard to get all that we have to get done, done. And so a task force, I think, is the proper way to do it, whether we like it or not. We make jokes about committee on committee being the most Baptist thing. But at the same time, we have to have people to investigate, to study and to best advise the convention. And the convention can vote it down or vote it up. They they have the final word, but it's the right move for us to have people look into these things, investigate it and study it and bring it back to us and us recognize whether or not this is the route we want to go.
1: And I would say the same thing. We've seen that this year with the the sex abuse implementation task force is that hey, if if there's something that they're proposing that maybe some of us aren't really for or think needs to be clarified or needs to be modified, then they listen and they they yeah. meet with pastors and they meet with leaders and they they hear and they listen. To, they listen to those things, and so I um, so I'm encouraged. But again, and and to to say this, I think everybody um i think everybody was assuming that the task force was merely being proposed to talk about complementarianism and cooperation and i don't think that that's the case and i don't I, i'm not 100% sure on the way that the motion was worded but it's it's more of giving uh, counsel to the credentials committee again a- approved by the messengers on what closely identifies means, because, you know, complementarianism may be the topic of the day now. Ten years ago, it could have been racism. Ten years before that, uh, homosexuality and ordination and all those things. But we don't know what it's going to be necessarily in the future. And we're just trying to to give them some some clarity on what is closely identifies means. And so uh, I think people need to get that clarification as well yeah, just and just yeah. a couple comments to that with just <laughs> one of the things I think we have to stop doing, uh, and that you just see this on all sides. So this is not one group or the other, but is is we need to start thinking better about one another, and we need to stop impugning or assigning uh, motives to people that we just don't know. And particularly, we should never do that with people we've never even talked to or had a conversation with. But too much on social media is is impugning motives, assigning motives when I don't think we necessarily fully know, uh, what's you know what's going on there? Plus, even worse than that, you have some of these wild conspiracy theories that are like running you know running on, on Twitter, and, and and people somehow just believe that that these are uh, true when most of them are not founded in reality at all. Even as we've talked about already, most of what's been said about the SBC has been proven to be untrue. And so I think we just need to again I keep using the the, the phrase we need to take a deep breath. But I also think we need to be very leery and on guard about people who are just constantly on social media being critical of others casting aspersions on others uh, and and in some ways it seems to be intentionally just being happy to be the ones throwing a grenade in the room uh, without anything very productive as far as what they're proposing in, in its place and so i that's why. the one thing i do come out of discouraged i i don't i don't want us to continue to buy into to these i, I can i would just say they're crazy conspiracy theories that are not founded in reality Instead, I've been very thankful that Southern Baptists have been more than capable of responding to actual reality from the floor of the convention. I think there are agents of chaos, whether they're actually in the SBC or adjacent to the SBC. Um, and, and yeah, I, I'm with you 100 percent on what you just said. Well, hey, let's go from let's go from there. And JP, if you have more there, you can obviously jump in. But it, let's go from there just quickly to the. both the removal of Celebration Church, we've we've hit on it briefly, but also the kind of renewal of the task force. JP, you spoke to this on our preview podcast. Speak to it now on the recap podcast.
0: Yeah, I think that uh, we, as John just mentioned, the Sex Abuse Reform Implementation Task Force, uh, I think they did us a good service this year. I'm just being honest. I know a lot of people uh, struggled with it. I know that there's issues all around it, and it is really messy. I mean, it really is. And and but they again prove to why they've done us such a good service in the fact that they they studied, they worked hard, they presented all their evidence. I mean, I I know unfortunately a lot of Southern Baptists haven't even don't even know this, but they've got a website where every finding they have is laid out, everything they've done is laid out, all of their decisions. So they've been very open. They've been very transparent. They've worked through a lot of issues. Um, and I think they presented us some good stuff this time. And I think they they held back and said, you know what? There's still some things we need to work out. So the big thing coming out of the, the, uh, the task force this year um, was that they didn't present Category 4, credibly accused. They gave some guidelines for the, the, the problems and difficulties with it. Uh, which I think were helpful. They tried to clarify some things that have been uh, uh, kind of swirling around out there that are not true, um, and tried to try to get there. But they they said we need some more work to be done. And so the biggest thing that came out of this is that the convention overwhelmingly again approved another year for this task force, which was the right thing to do, um, which shows that we want to get this right. I think this is Southern Baptists are in this for the long haul. To get this right. Uh, And I I think that this convention proved that once again, no matter what voices are out there kind of kind of going at it, no matter what difficulties we've seen through the process. Southern Baptists are clear. We want to get this 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 right with sexual abuse in our midst. The vote was the vote was
1: more overwhelming than I thought it might be um, when when there was the vote to renew again, because I do know it's messy. It's complicated. I don't want to minimize that at all. Uh, we'll be praying for wisdom for them. It was interesting to me. Um, you know, we upheld the celebration removal fairly significantly. I think it was more than the other two. Um, what was interesting is, I mean, obviously this was guy was a defrocked, um, I think, Anglican um, for, You know, basically um, things connected to sexual sin. Um, it was that was one of those things from the floor where it just seemed like the guy that was representing freedom said one thing. And then people from the other side, and obviously uh, Dean and Sarah responded to it. And then I know some people were like, man, it seems like they just completely contradicted one another in what they said. What was fascinating to me is that the, you know, the Florida Baptist Convention has been one of the clear conventions that has had some concern about the sexual abuse task force. And they were overwhelmingly saying, we need to remove this church um, from, from cooperation. And so it was interesting to see how all that played out from the floor, because it did come off kind of like a he said, he said kind of thing. And if we had to be put in that position every year, that's going to be a really difficult place to be. But there was an overwhelming upholding of, of removing them uh, from the Cooperation Commission.
0: And and in, in Dean's words, what was most uh, telling to me was that the EC tried really hard to communicate with them and they could not be taught. I mean, so, right. so it wasn't as if we just flippantly said you're done. They reached out to them over and over again. Dean even had the receipts of this date, this date, and this date. That they have called over and over again, and nobody returned a call. Nobody came back. Nobody responded. So communication just wasn't there. So it was yeah. one of the reasons why I voted why I did uh, was because of that. The EC had done their job, and this church had not responded until after the fact. And so this wasn't just flip it. It was done done well. I think. Yep.
1: So yeah, let me my my take on this. Number one, this is just a heartbreaking issue. Um, and so to, to Josh's point, like we have to get this right. Uh, which is why we need to give as much time to getting it right as we need to. But two men's words um, during, on this topic during the convention. Dean, I can't remember the, the exact phrase, but it was like, this is not a game uh, when he was talking about this. Like, um, it's not. And so we, we've got to be clear about that. And then Marshall, um, again, whether or not you agree with everything the task force has done or whatever, mean, Marshall is a, is a wonderful man who obviously – Um, Marshall, you know, feels this deeply and wants to get this right. And has talked to so many survivors and, and and wanting to help churches like prevent this from happening, respond correctly, uh, when it does. And so, man, what the way he led the report, um, was just, I mean, a masterclass in pastoral wisdom and love and compassion and, and prudence. The other thing I love about the task force is they have they've met with all kinds of people. They've listened to concerns. They've they've tried to address concerns. You know, I, I, they're in an unenviable enviable position because, I mean, nobody wants to be in that um, in, in that position. And so giving them more time to get this right was the right decision. And again, I go back, I go back to what I said at the beginning. I, we can call balls and strikes. I, I trust the messengers to do that. And so whether or not you have like there's people who are like, well, you don't want to say this. You don't want to say that because you're going to be called woke. okay? so so we didn't we didn't care, you know, on the complementarian issue. We were clear whatever labels people want to give us. We were clear. We were also clear on we're going to take sex abuse seriously and we're going to we're going to deal with it. We're going to we're going to get this done. And you want to call us whatever you want to call us. The convention overwhelmingly voted both of those things. Um, And so I, I was encouraged by that.
0: I think I think the tone is exactly what uh you're saying John was exactly right. Uh, I we heard Marshall speak from it, we heard Jarrett speak at our panel. Both of those guys, chairman and vice chairman, handled it so well with the tone they brought to this conversation. You know, there's times to get up into the podium and rally everybody together and be uh, you know, kind of that 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 backbone of steel kind of thing and rally but and then there's times to get up and just have some heaviness to what we're dealing with. And I felt like those guys, Marshall, who I make no bones about it. It's a dear friend of mine. Um, he, he got up and he handled it with the right tone and with the right measure for our convention to understand this is not something celebratory. This isn't just something we rally around. This is something that's deeply painful that is hard to deal with. And it's, it's, it's grievous that we even have to deal with it. And so I, I was very encouraged by their report very encouraged by the response of the convention moving forward to to deal with this.
1: Hey guys, I'll get us out of here. This is really helpful. I'll get us out of here with mainly Just uh, one final question. One thing to to make note, we've already made note of uh, the Michael amendment and then the Sanchez substitute Uh, just for people listening that has to be approved two years in a row at a two thirds. Uh, So it's been approved for one year, has to be approved for a second year. And so we'll see that again in, in Indianapolis. Um, and then we saw a change uh, to the Baddest Faith and Message 2000, uh, which I guess is it now called the Baddest Faith and Message 2023. I, I don't know what the ruling is on that. Uh, so I want to get your thoughts. I, I have some thoughts on it, but want to get your thoughts on, uh, you know, just that one, the change itself, but also how quickly and easily that happened. Uh, I think we have, we have opinions on both those things. So, John, maybe I'll come to you and then J.P yeah, I'll just say quickly. One, the change of the content I'm fine with and I agree with, because I think Soba has made it clear. we think that there's two offices in the church, pastor overseer elders, one, deacons, the other. and so so the the content is is in keeping with who we've been. The way that we were able to change it so quickly and with so little discussion um, it, it is something that is concerning to me. Because while I was for this particular update, I don't know what may arise in the future and who's in the room and not in the room and all that stuff. So I, I think it would be prudent to have some, you know, if, if we can update, if it takes two years, and again, I'm not saying this should always be like this. If it takes two years to update our Constitution, I mean, I, I take theology more seriously than our constitution and so i think maybe we need to be more prudent in the way that we make those changes somebody somebody texts me it's easy it's harder to pass a resolution that doesn't matter than it is to change the better state message 2000 yeah an artificial it's, intelligence it's, or whatever like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah jp your thoughts on it
0: oh i'm 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 right there with you guys it made me queasy from the start i mean it made me queasy from the motion because i knew this is this is heavy. This is a big deal. And uh, so I, I, uh, I'm i with John. This goes back to our 2020, I mean, our uh, 1925 language. Um, but I also know that whenever the M 2000 was done, there was a long conversation in that committee about this very issue that they had. I mean, dealing with how do you do this? Do you bring back, you know, pastor, bishop, elder, or do you just go with pastor? Remember the Adrian Rogers quote, Southern Baptists all know what pastor means. So, I mean, they dealt with this over a long period of time to put this out. And then we deal with it in just a matter of minutes on a Wednesday afternoon at five o'clock when everybody's tired. And so it's, it, it's not a good precedent. I agree with John. I agree with it. I think it helps us to to recognize that we believe it's pastor, bishop, elder. They're the same office. Uh, but, man, the precedent could be could be trouble for us especially in kind of the, you know, like I said, we, we rally around doctrine and what seemingly has happened is there are groups within our convention that gather together because of specifics in doctrine. They feel comfortable with one another. They have, we have these groups that do that. I don't want any of those groups jumping in. I mean, we join together for a greater cause in a little bit broader tent, but we have our little, our, our affinities, you know what I'm saying? That we, we work in, um, It's just a little bit of a precedent for us that I don't think is healthy, and I think it's going to be an issue this year uh, as we move up to to 2024 in Indy, where that issue of just like 3-1 in the Constitution and how we give the Credentials Committee guidelines, we're going to begin to hear people talk about uh, amendments to things and how we do our amendment processes and all those other things. I think it's going to be something else we're going to have to discuss.
1: Yeah, I'll give just a couple comments. Number one, I was asked about this on the uh, Nine Marks at Nine panel. And I mean, like the one thing I am encouraged by is by use of language that is biblical. So these terms are more used than, you know, pastors only use one time as a noun uh, and these are used more often. So I'm thankful for that. I think it's a sign of the conservative resurgence and the inerrancy of the Bible. Um uh, you know, having said all of that, uh, I'm very concerned about how quickly and easily that took place. Because I agree, John, the way you said it, I'm going to be more concerned about us changing our statement of faith than even our Constitution. Uh, though you want you want to make both difficult to do. Um, and so I'm encouraged in one sense. I'm, I am I do think there needs to be some adjustment of how quickly and easily you can change our statement of faith. And I want to say this, Jared uh, Cornut, who, who made the motion, is a good guy. Uh, I got to know Jared a little bit. This year, uh, John, I know you've known him. He he has even written something. I, you know, we we may make mention of it on a B twenty one post later on, uh, where he kind of regrets how this all played out. And so he's talked about that on social media too. You can check out his his Twitter account. He's a good brother. He I think he had great intentions. I think he was surprised at how easy it happened. Uh, and so you can see what he has to say on on social media. So I do I do think I'm um, I mean, you know I'm encouraged, but also like I I agree hundred percent. We can't be discussing this on a Wednesday afternoon after we've had such contentious uh, things happen from the floor and everybody's tired and Baptists don't want anything between them and their food. And so we, <laughs> we need to make sure we're not discussing the statement of faith uh, at that time. Um, John, you had something you wanted to add? I'll just say real quick, you're you're talking about, if my math's right, about 40 years between confessions and we just cut yeah. that in half. Yeah, And so I'm not saying that's, that's all decisive, but it's something to think yeah. about. Yeah, it was it was thirty-eight, then thirty-seven, and then you know what not not twenty-three. So it was a yeah, and so I, I I agree. Like I think we need to 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 adjust that and, and make mention of that next year in Indianapolis. Um, guys, I just want to get out on this question then. I mean, again, we've talked about the SBC landed, you know, firmly complementarian, but I, you know, we've started to hear that there are are ladies that are um kind of reading this a certain way. They feel like maybe they're um, being attacked. Could, anything you guys want to say to 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 all of that that's swirling around as we kind of sign off today? Let me just say a couple of things real quick. One, the, the there, there's a lot of fear mongering going on, so I think everybody just needs to take a breath. But if, if there are people, I, I don't know how people have time to pastor their churches and then go on these witch hunts. And so if somebody's going to do that, then I trust the SBC to say, look, we're talking about the office of pastor and everything else i know i saw a lady talking about chaplaincy uh bcm director whatever like i trust southern baptist to say hey no no no. We, we said office of pastor that's what we're talking about ladies are empowered equipped and gifted by god to do all kinds of other things which that resolution says and we're gonna we're gonna work hard um to to, to just let them use the gifts that god has given them to to work and to minister in all these areas that they can minister in i trust southern baptist uh, to to do that and to call balls and strikes. And so I would just say take a deep breath, don't fear monger. And we do need to be clearly like the resolution to ladies and say, hey, listen, you're loved, you're valuable. Um, you you do all kinds of things even better than than you know a lot of men. And we want to see you free to to serve in the ways that God has equipped you to serve. We just know what scripture says about this one this one area over here. And we've been clear about that. And most ladies in our churches get that and understand that. And so, um, I think just take a deep breath and then continue to serve in the ways God's called you. JP.
0: Yeah. Uh, as it said many times, I think the headquarters of the SBC is a local church. So I would encourage all of the, uh, all of the ladies within our convention to, if you feel loved and valued at your local church, that's most important. I mean, mm-hmm. and so that, that, that's it. And so I, I've told, uh, the ladies on our staff is, is nothing's changed for us. I mean, I love what they do. I love their value. I love all of that. They bring nothing's changed. Just as John said, this is talking about the office of pastor. It's not something that's new for us. We have pretty much held to this position uh, as, as long as I can remember. I mean, this is, this is what I've always believed in in so many ways. And I've also had women in ministry leading out and doing things within the, the context of our local church that I think is healthy and wise. I agree. Like I'm, I'm, I'm the historian kind of thing. As you look back in our our history, you can tell where conventions are by our resolutions. I know people think resolutions are useless, but they are. They do give some sense of where the convention is and where they stand. And so, I, I do think that that resolution on the legacy and responsibility of women fulfilling the Great Commission is a helpful statement for us. Our convention approved overwhelmingly with very little discussion. Is mm-hmm. a helpful statement for us. It's like this is this we do this and we say that the office of pastor, elder, overseer is only for qualified men. We do both of these things. We hold both of these things together and we can do that. We can walk and chew gum at the same time. And so uh, I think it's just a reminder of that for our our ladies in our convention.
1: It was interesting. So on the Nine Marks panel, I think, I can't remember how exactly you worded it, but Deborah had everybody stand up and then had everybody sit down who's either mom or a woman did not play a significant role in their coming to faith. And it was like, 99% of the room stayed standing. So if you, you know, if, and so, and i even just thinking about my dad. I mean, my dad would talk about how a lady that taught him the Bible in Sunday school as a young, as a young g- guy at a uh, church in, in Georgia, Baptist Church in Georgia was pivotal in him, loving the scriptures, coming to know the Lord. And so, and again, those are small, there's more than just we even mentioning there. But um, again, I, I would agree with John, like, let's not let the fear mongering uh, kind of be the narrative that's pushing everything forward. Um, that was a really good statement that we put out as far as resolution. We've been very clear on what the Bible says about the office. Uh, but also I think very clear as far as the role women play in the great commission. Uh, and so my prayer is kind of coming out of this. I've, I've been thinking about Paul's words to Timothy and first Timothy one, uh, the aim of our charge is love, uh, the issues from, uh, a, a pure heart. Uh, and so I'm, I'm hoping that the aim of our charge in all these conversations is love and, uh, I think if we can get to that place, a good culture, I think is going to lead to us being even more effective and, and, and faithful in the Great Commission. Brothers, thanks so much. Uh, we've gone long here, but thanks for uh, weighing in on uh, the recap of the SBC. And uh, thankful the Lord would use us in any way. And uh, we're thankful to be part of uh, certainly part of the Southern Baptist Convention and a part of Baptist Wing 1. Uh, we appreciate you listening to the podcast. Thank you for listening to the Baptist 21 podcast. To learn more about us, visit us at our website, baptist21.com. Also, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast with others. It would really help us out. If you ever have thoughts or ideas for future interviews, please reach out to us at our email, baptist21 at gmail.com. Again, thanks
0: for listening to the podcast.